Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. During the War of 1812, Captain Oliver Hazard Perry led American forces during the Battle of Lake Erie, winning a decisive victory over the British and compelling them to fall back from Detroit. Now, during the battle, Perry's flagship, the Lawrence, was badly damaged, and so the captain and what was left of his crew, well, they rode to another ship in order to valiantly resume the fight. And he ultimately prevailed, and they secured the British squadron that was there. And, and so Perry sent what is now a famous dispatch to Major General William Henry Harrison, and he said, We have met the enemy and they are ours. Well, this phrase that Perry used, like I said, is quite famous, but perhaps a well-known parody of that phrase became even more famous. It was actually made famous by a popular comic strip uh, named Pogo. The character's name is Pogo the Possum, whose home was in a swamp in Georgia. Does anyone remember Pogo the Possum? Some of you do. I was curious about that. It was a comic strip that ran from 1948 until 1975. And in an Earth Day message in the early 70s, Walt Kelly depicted Pogo looking out over his swamp, which is full of trash, and Pogo laments, We have met the enemy, and he is us. When you think about what that statement means, apart from how Pogo was using it there, it's really a, quite a profound statement. It, people have used this statement in many different ways and in many different contexts since then. But it causes the, the reader or the hearer to, to stop in whatever fashion. It causes them to reflect that we need not look any further for an enemy than the enemy that we find within ourselves. And in a certain way, this is precisely what Jesus is saying to us today as well, that we are our own worst enemy. Our gospel reading today is a continuation of what we heard last week from Mark chapter 7. And, and here we hear Jesus who has been speaking with the Pharisees and the scribes and they, they initially had come to Jesus and they challenged him about following the tradition of the elders, and the hand washing and all the various rituals that they followed. And, and Jesus, he condemns them for, for rejecting God's commandments in favor of their man-made traditions. And then Jesus targets their understanding of sin and their ability to keep the law of God in the first place. And so today we hear Jesus start by, by calling all the people who were around him close, and he says to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him, but the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And later when his disciples asked Jesus, what he meant by that. He explains that the Pharisees were so concerned 
about making sure that they were, they were eating the, the right foods, foods that were either clean, which they should eat, or foods that were unclean, which they should stay away from. And he's explaining that, that what they miss is that the foods aren't the cause, the source of the pollution in their lives, as the Pharisees thought. Because food doesn't enter into our hearts. Rather, Jesus says, the source of the pollution comes from within us. Jesus said, for from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts and sexual immorality and theft and murder and adultery and coveting and wickedness and deceit and sensuality and envy and slander and pride and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. The problem with the Pharisees is that they did not look at themselves as the problem. In fact, they thought that by keeping the law, that they were quite all right in God's eyes. Yes, God's law given by Moses gave the people of Israel clear instruction about what foods to eat or not to eat. A a law that was fulfilled by Jesus, as we hear him in our gospel reading today, declare all foods clean. But the Pharisees' problem wasn't that they obeyed the law, you see. They were supposed to obey that law given by Moses, at least until Jesus arrived and fulfilled it. Rather, their problem was that they assumed what they were achieving was something good by obeying it. You see, the Pharisees ended up ignoring the sin that came from within their own hearts. And instead, they focused on the sin that they were avoiding by what they did or did not eat. They considered themselves righteous in God's eyes because they kept that law. To them, their enemy was not from within themselves, so it had to be from without. And so that's what eventually led them to reject Jesus. Because they felt that they didn't need a savior. Why would they if they were quite fine without one? If they weren't their own worst enemy. Well, we too live in a world whose first reaction oftentimes is to find the enemy that's out there somewhere before we ever consider the enemy that's within. That we have an enemy around every corner. It's the network pushing fake news. It's the political party that's destroying our country. It's the so-called small-minded people who we condemn on social media. It's the friend who wronged me. It's the co-worker who hates me. It's the fellow church member who made me upset. It's the family member who doesn't speak to me. It's the spouse who doesn't show me the love or respect I deserve. If we begin to allow this mentality to creep into our lives, this mentality that everyone else is my enemy, and the mentality that says that everyone else is the enemy but not me, well, then it affects every relationship that we have. It affects how we approach people, people at work, people in school, people in the church, in our families, in our own homes. We won't approach people in humility, 
knowing that we ourselves are also sinners in need of forgiveness, but rather will begin to approach people in pride and self-righteousness. And when the accusing finger is always pointed outward and never inwards, well then the chances that other people will think any differently about us as we do them, well those chances will be slim to none. Now this doesn't mean that we don't actually have enemies in this world, because we do. There's no doubt about it. There are plenty of enemies out there that are external to us. People who are against God and therefore against us, or people who sin against us in various ways. And what's more, we heard the Apostle Paul today in our epistle reading telling us about and warning us against our greatest external enemy. He tells us that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but is with the devil and the spiritual forces of evil. So be on guard and arm yourself with the full armor of God. But we must also never neglect the other front in the battle which is the battle with our own sinful nature. The source of pollution that comes from within our own heart. Jesus' words today cause us to look within ourselves before we ever point the finger at someone else because it's in our own hearts that also come evil thoughts and desires and pride and deceit. When you go to a doctor and you're really sick, you need an accurate diagnosis if you ever hope to get better. For instance, if you're suffering from cancer and the doctor diagnoses you with a broken leg and he splints your leg, it it won't help you in any way with what's truly killing you. In the same way, if we fail to diagnose the disease of sin that has been passed down from one generation to the next, that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we were enemies of God in our sin, that we inherited the nature of sin from our first parents in the Garden of Eden, if we miss that, then we have no hope of receiving the right treatment. We'll be splinting arms and legs in our lives, assuming we're doing some good and righteous things in God's eyes, just like the Pharisees thought. All the while, the cancer of sin within us grows. But as soon as we receive the correct diagnosis, the one that Scripture makes, the one that we hear Jesus make for us today, that we have met the enemy and he is us, well, then we are truly ready to receive the cure that he provides. Because Jesus came to defeat all of our enemies, both the enemies that are external to us, the devil and the sinful world, but also the enemy that is within, including our sinful hearts. Jesus had said earlier in Mark's gospel, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners. Jesus is the only person who is righteous, who has walked this earth. And as the Son of God and the Son of Man, Jesus was perfect and sinless. He had no need 
of a physician. He was the good physician and still is. Jesus came willingly for sinners and he took upon himself all of our sickness, our our, uh, defiled hearts, all of our sin. And he went to the cross to pay its price. He took upon himself the eternal death and condemnation that we deserved. And in an unexpected act of mercy and grace, Jesus then exchanged it. He took upon himself our sin, and in exchange, we receive his righteousness. The Bible says, for our sake, God made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In our sin, we were our own worst enemy, and we were enemies of God. But because of the cross of Jesus Christ, our our enemies no longer have any power over us. The devil has been defeated. This sinful world is overcome. Our own defiled hearts have now been cleansed all by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit at your baptism entered your heart. And is at work within you. He created within you the new life that only he can bring. And so now you know that you are saved. Not because of what you have done. But because all that Jesus has done for you. Now until the day that we are called to join Jesus in heaven. Or until the day he returns. Whichever comes first. We are still in a battle against our enemies. That's why Paul talks about being prepared for battle with the devil. That's why Jesus talks about being in battle with our own sinful nature. We are, as we often say, simultaneously saint that is cleansed by Jesus and sinner that is defiled in our heart. We always will contend with our sinful nature in this lifetime. But don't be deceived. Even though we battle, the outcome has already been decided. The war is won. Jesus won it at the cross. And so when we sin, when we allow our sinful nature to work contrary to the life that the Holy Spirit has worked in us, well then we are able to return to God in repentance. We ask for his forgiveness. We, we pray, we echo the psalmist words that we heard today. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We once again are able to be cleansed. We receive all that Jesus has won for us by his death and resurrection. And so we are strengthened once again to go back into battle knowing the victory has already been won. When we begin to understand this in our lives as Christians, that is how God has chosen to make us his former enemies, his, the, the poor, miserable sinners that we are, how God has chosen to make us right with him because of his son. Well, then we do have the opportunity to have truly right relationships with other people because we have a truly right relationship with God. We are able to approach others, not as our enemies. We approach them knowing that 
we are no better or worse than they are. That we are all in need of the mercy and grace that our Heavenly Father provides. That we will be quick to ask for forgiveness when we need to and quick to offer for forgiveness when it's asked of us. You know, there's hardly a better way to end a moment of conflict, whether it's at work or at home or even in the church, than to just stop the conversation in its tracks and just say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Try it sometime and see how quickly that the conversation's goal turns from seeking and destroying the enemy into rather recognizing and offering the forgiveness and grace that is all of ours in Christ Jesus. May the church always be a place of forgiveness and grace. May the world never see the church gathering here, us gathering here with the intention to point out all the sins of all the people who are out there somewhere, but rather may they see us as pointing out our own sin first so that we in turn can be pointed to the cross of Jesus Christ where those sins are forgiven. And as sinners who are forgiven, may we, the church, always be pointing others to the one who did it all for us, our Savior and our great physician of the heart, Jesus Christ. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.